Do you like to be the first name of your sex tape? Well, if you like to be the first to listen to podcasts, you might want to check out our Patreon because now we're offering a brand new membership tier called Name of Your Sex Tape. I couldn't help it, guys. I'm sorry. For five pounds a month, you'll get an ad-free version of our weekly episode on a Tuesday, a full day earlier than its usual release. So you can be the very first to talk about how funny our guest was, how quickly you cracked the case, or how badly I answered a question. Plus, you'll get all the benefits of our regular tier, including our live Zoom records, a special shout out on the podcast, and if you really like to hear us talk, we've got an entire back catalog of extra content. Check it out on patreon.com forward slash drunk women solving crime. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Fancy coming along to see Drunk Women Solving Crime live? Ooh, yes please. Why not join us for our monthly London residency at the marvellous Museum of Comedy? We've got monthly shows through to June. Plus, every show is a double header, so you get to see us record not one, but two episodes with two fantastic guests. You can find tickets on our website, drunkwomensolvingcrime.com. Shows are selling out fast, so be quick. Noise. Noise. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You have two chances coming up to join in the Drunk Women Fun. On Tuesday the 19th of May 2020, they'll be hosting an Instagram Live that's starting at 8pm British time. And then the very next day, Pod Bible will be hosting a listening party when everybody gets to enjoy a retro episode of Drunk Women Solving Crime. So we can all return to the heady days of their very first live show with special guest Jenny Eclair. That will be happening from 8.30pm on Wednesday the 20th of May. So don't forget to listen, pop a cork and tweet along. Drunk Women Solving Crime. My name's Katie Wilkins and I'm an author and comedian. I'm joined by screenwriter Hannah George. Hello. And writer-comedian Taylor Glenn. Hello. This is where brandy meets bludgeoning, mimosa meets misdemeanour and port meets prostitution. It's a true crime podcast with a twist of lime. Coming up on Drunk Women Solving Crime. He dumped me for clown school. (laughs) As you all know, I'm a bit of a history buff. So um, I think it maybe happened on the London Eye. (laughs) (laughs) Any last words, Taylor? Delete my browsing history. (laughs) If you have Mad King problems, he feels bad for you, son. He's had 99 (laughs) problems, but George ain't one. (laughs) Now it's time. 
For Drunk Women Solving Crime. This is Drunk Women Solving Crime. We are still coming to you from four separate bunkers, and it is my great pleasure to introduce our fantastic guest for this episode, gaming presenter from eSports, Frankie Ward. I've slightly not done that intro right. It's not like literally eSports. From eSports is hilarious. I actually really like that. I'd like to be (laughs) from the eSports. I also... (laughs) I have to admit, I just cheered myself and I'm dying a little bit inside. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> me! Yay! Isn't that a little bit like saying, like, it's Ian Wright from the football? Like, it's kind I of think it, it is. Well, it's more like saying Ian Wright from the sports because esports, there are so many games and there's always other <laughs> new games becoming uh, esports. So, in other words, I could be from any any game. I could be a savant of games, but I'm not. I do a few. (laughs) And I thought you said from Eastport. So, like, we're all... (laughs) Okay, so Frankie, apart from my introduction, have you ever been the victim of a crime? (laughs) Of course I've been a victim of a crime. I'm a woman in London. Yes. Yay. So... I, I think I have been a victim of more crimes, but I, I can't really remember all of them. But I remember like once listening to the podcast and thinking, what would my crime be? And I thought of a great one. Ooh. And then I immediately forgot it. Oh. So I'm going to tell you a different one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so basically, I mean, this is my ideal podcast, right? Because I like wine. And this was like yes. my 25th or 26th birthday. And I booked a table at this nice wine place where you basically prepay on a card. So it's great because oh. you can go in with a budget and oh, then you nice. pop it in the machine. Great. And then it, you just select a sample or you select like a glass, right? Yeah. And it's called, uh, called Vagabond. It's great. Um, oh. So after said party, which was, which was a charming time, me and my boyfriend at the time, we got on the bus and sat the front of the bus, best seat on the bus, because it was my birthday and 3am, so it was available. <laughs> and, uh, I, you I can pretend like, you're driving. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> really fucking drunk. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And the thing is, because I didn't realise uh, how to have fun before I hit the age of 30, I had had drinks, but I, I wasn't so bad that I wasn't conscious of my possessions because I'm terrified of ah. being burgled or being robbed okay. because of, like, probably okay. my OCD or just, you know, being a woman in London. So yeah. I had my coat around me and I'm sat next to my boyfriend front seat of the bus and these two guys get on. There is no one else on the top deck but us and they sit directly behind us. No. So I'm like, mm. and I'm just going, mm, I don't. I don't think yeah. I smell like really nice. There's no reason for these guys to sat behind, be sat behind me. Yeah. Um, cool. So I, I sort of, I'm like this. I know my phone and my clutch bag is in, in my front pocket because I had huge pockets. Then I felt this like hand <gasps> on me, like wiggling oh, around my front. And I sort of went, hang on a second here. And um, I don't know if it means I think a lot of myself, but I just assumed he was trying to sexually assault me. So I turned around and I was just like, excuse me, you touched me. And I, uh, I basically told this guy that he needed to move seats because he touched me. And the wow. guy with his friend, his friend looks really embarrassed and says nothing and just looks straight ahead. And wow. the other guy's like, but I have, I have girlfriends. So what, like, why would I, I have girlfriend, I have girlfriend. And I literally... Just the gold standard of a non-sexually assaulting man. Exactly. I have girlfriends. 
exactly. I should have been like, well, what's her number so I can tell her that you fingered yeah. my side. Um, and yeah, I, I just kept demanding that he move. So eventually he did. Awesome. And his friend just sat there still and just stared forward. <laughs> and eventually they moved a few seats back. And it's probably only once I hit my 28th birthday that I realized he probably wasn't trying to grope me. He was actually trying to steal from me. Yeah. Oh, and did he yeah. succeed? Or No. Okay. God, no. I was just so yeah. like... Because so I had this clutch bag and it actually fit into my coat pocket, so the whole thing was quite Ooh. like it was like a lunchbox <laughs> on on my lap. So I just had it the whole time. I don't think my boyfriend even did anything either, which is quite. Uh. No, I'm, I'm quite like I'm glad he's my. He was a nice boy, but I'm glad he's my ex because. <laughs> was he? I think he looked at me and thought I could deal with the situation, which I yeah. did. He did. Wow. I'm so impressed. And so successfully, they were like really embarrassed and skulked away. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. That's and now I wish I could have been like, CCTV! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Frankie, you actually prevented that crime from fully happening. But one of the things that we ask people on this podcast is, if you had the perps in custody and you could say or do anything you wanted to them, what would you say or do? I think I would definitely get the girlfriend's number. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. that's a good one. And yeah, to be honest, I like, get the girlfriend's number. If she's not his wife by now, leave him. Am I right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like, my the boyfriend that I was on the bus with, he dumped me for clown school. So as far as <laughs> oh. The guy that groped me on the bus better be dumped at least five times then and for worse reasons. So... <laughs> I wrote that he got dumped because his girlfriend decided to become a hermit and renounce all clothes and worldly possessions. Yes. Okay. I, don't, I don't think we can just go straight past dump me for clown school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need info about this clown school. Do you know how hard comedians work for a good Edinburgh show title and like you're just sitting on that? <laughs> it's amazing. Well, but he's a comedian, so I feel like... If I did, we'd have to coordinate it. We'd have to be like uh, Sarah Pascoe and John Robbins, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Also, now you can talk about the whole thing and be like, what the fuck was that? Being left because his inner clown was telling him, you know, that he had a, he had a higher path that did not involve me. Wow. Yeah. I mean, come on. Wait, and like, what was this clown school that he couldn't date you while he was in it? Like, what, they play your phone? Like, well, he was what? with me. He was with me when he went, and I, w- I was sort of on my own right. in his flat for like six months or something. So I was great. I finished painting the blackboard. I bought a microwave that went nicely in the kitchen and had to carry it on the DLR. Um, <laughs> oh so I did God. all these things. Yeah. And, then, and then he came back and was kind of like, oh, I sort of feel different now. I suppose because oh, he'd become a clown. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I guess that's why to be it didn't fair, work like, out. What wow. a waste of six months and probably £10,000 worth of clown school if you didn't feel slightly different when he came back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry, exactly, I'm sorry for your loss, Frankie, but I feel I, like if he'd come back the same man, then that's just... I it was a necessary, a necessary sacrifice. I'm glad that I was that person. He would be forever in my debt, not just because he never paid me back for the microwave, <laughs> because I inspired an Edinburgh show and yeah. I was pretty easy on him when he dumped me for clown school. It's fine. I did the washing up when he dumped me and I finished <gasps> doing the washing up. That's how wow. much my, my duty and my, my sense of loyalty to him 
I'm going to end this section by congratulating Frankie for solving a crime. Now it's time for drunk women solving crimes. This case involves the assassination of the leader of a country. So it's pretty deep, heavy stuff. Um, Wait, is this a premonition? I mean, oh, officially, no, oh. it's a historical case. <laughs> she went there. <laughs> oh, no. But we can, we can draw any parallels that you guys like with your comedic brains. Um, so it also involves what I think is quite a creepy I was right to kill speech. Um, so um, first question, which country do we think there was an assassination of a leader of a country that I'm talking about now? Was well, it... Oh, sorry. No, go on. Was it Female India? Workplace? <laughs> India is a great guess. Is this Any Gandhi? India? Oh, Gandhi. Very nice guess, yeah. Um, I think, like, the big one's JFK, isn't it? So um, I'm not that sure is this a big one. is JFK, um, but I'm going to say America because they've got lots of guns. Okay, mm. great. Um, Hannah, just you know, we call him Jufka. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Isn't it embarrassing when you just can't to be something respectful? <gasps> yeah, Jufka. Thank you. Sorry, Frankie. Well, I felt like it would have been polite to let the guests have Jufka because it is the obvious one, and now I look like an idiot. Um, so I'm just trying to think. You of only where have to guess a country, though. Okay. Oh God. I can't think of many countries right now, so I'm going to say the UK because didn't one of our one of our prime ministers died once? So I'm going to say the UK. Ding, ding, ding! You are correct. Yes, this is the UK. Nice Um, job. um, Only one UK prime minister has been assassinated out of a possible 25. Wow! Um, So that is quite good odds. It contrasts with the US, where the number is four. US Ooh. presidents have been assassinated. Um, but that is out of We 45. get real mad when we're not happy. Yeah. <laughs> we get real. There's, you've had twice as many. You've had 45 presidents. So it's still only twice as many killings. <laughs> of, Which actually, that's not bad, is it? That's not no. bad. Not as it's bad a, as you would think, maybe. You yeah. um, anyone want a bonus point naming any of the assassinated presidents? Well, Jifka. Jifka. Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. Um, is is it um, Harrison? No. No. Is it one of the guys who've got a rock face? Oh yeah, one of the rock faces. I don't know. Not William Henry Harrison. Oh, I always forget who the other dude was. Well, the thing is, eight American presidents have died in office, but only four were assassinated. That's a dangerous office, man. Um, What about Hamilton? He died in a duel, and he wasn't the president. Oh shit! I've not seen the musical yet. That's for the ending. Shit, sorry. <laughs> Do you know what I want? I know he cheated on his me. wife, but I'd avoided all the other spoilers, guys. <laughs> I did that when I watched the, um, what do you call it? What was that thing um, with the OJ Simpson trial? I literally didn't know oh. whether he was found guilty or not. So the whole way through what? watching it, I was like, I know Come it's pathetic, isn't it? Like, literally, <laughs> ignorance is fucking bliss when it comes to historical sort of, like, dramas. That's because... like not knowing if we made it to the moon. <laughs> Wait, you know we what? made it to the moon? <laughs> Okay, those other presidents were James A. Garfield in 1881 and William McKinley in 1981. McKinley! Fuck! 
There were always the throwaway ones were like, meh. Yeah, no one cared about them. What's McKinley High? I think it's in like Glee. It's definitely in some shit high school um, show that I watched when I was probably on my own um, pre or post pal. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's Glee though. I think it's Glee. I'm not sure. It sounds Glee-ish. Okay, so let's find out a little bit more about the murder of a British Prime Minister. Um, So question, what year do you think this was? Oh, I mean, it's definitely not in my lifetime because I'd have definitely good, remembered. Hannah. Well um, done. So <laughs> I reckon it's probably like 1986, which is <laughs> <laughs> the year before I was born. Like There's a lot of people that. that might wish it was. You dickhead. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's Maggie, isn't it? I was born in the, yeah. the Thatcher reign. Um, yeah. Okay, stupid answer, but I'm going with it. It has like to 1986. be. It has to be a long time ago because I just feel like it isn't talked about as much as it would be. So yeah, Jesus, eighteen, mm-hmm. seventeen, eighteen seventeen. Mm. Very good. Any advance, Frankie? So if we've had like twenty five prime ministers, yeah, and then so prime ministers started. Like 200, 300 years ago. I'm doing the maths, all right? I'm doing yeah, it out yeah. loud. Good, good method. I think, and also no one cares about this guy because otherwise we'd be taught about it in school. Yeah. So I like, feel like he wasn't in office long and it was probably um, one of the defunct parties. So I'm going to say it's like 1834. Okay. Nice. In that case, Taylor is the closest. Uh, he was murdered in 1812. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. Okay, just to get our intrinsic biases out of the way, do we think the perp was male or female? Male. Male. Yeah, male. Yeah, I think male. there would have been a book written about her if it was female by now. Yeah, we'd have heard of it, right? Yeah. It was male. Yay. to check. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so question, what do we think the murder method was? An assassination is kind of like I'm. I'm always thinking that's a gun. If you're assassinating someone, okay. I don't think you're going to assassinate gun. them with like a, um, a strang- strangle them. Yeah, <laughs> you think you're going to be? Yeah, I don't think you're going to be able to strangle a prime minister. Is what I'm saying. No, I think you're right. I think that's a good good logic. Anyone? I'm going to go. I'm going to go a bit more dramatic. A big okay. heavy sack of rocks. Okay, big heavy and a sack strategic- of rocks. But when he knew he would be sitting down doing parliamentary parliamentary like things, of an, an acme kind of bag of uh, rocks. Exactly. <laughs> yes, he got maybe, crushed. Maybe it was a, a grand piano. Maybe I'll change my. <laughs> <Yes>. um, <laughs> okay, so we've got gun slash piano slash rocks. Frankly, yeah, I'm crushed. See, I'm also thinking a gun because I okay. feel like they would have been accessible then in certain ways. So. Yeah. My my instinct is saying gun. I want to say knife to be different, but I feel like knife crime rates were probably lower then in London. So I'm going to say gun. Yeah, good instincts. Everyone that said gun is correct. Yay! Uh, He was (laughs) shot by a 50 caliber or 12.7 millimeter pistol. And he was shot through the heart like the 90s Bon Jovi song. (laughs) Is that what it's about? I mean... (laughs) It's not, but it would be a better song, perhaps. It would be, wouldn't it? Because really, it's just like, you hurt my feelings, and that really sucks. <laughs> yeah. 
did they catch the shooter or is there a grassy knoll somewhere if we know it's a bloke um yeah. i guess they maybe yeah. at least at the very least saw him um you saw so i threw my clues <laughs> <laughs> and call me a detective butt stuff for nothing um, <laughs> i yeah so i'm gonna go that they they did find him you are correct um so our prime minister i'm gonna give you some info now our prime minister is spencer percival um and to be fair i think he's sort of nice um for the time you know as long as you weren't catholic right uh so i'll paint you a little picture with the help of wikipedia uh he was a follower of william pitt the younger mm. um and he always described himself apparently as a friend of mr brad, pitt brad is that brad like great <laughs> um, is he related to brad in some way that's the pit I'm i know sadly he is not i mean okay. he could be i have not done that family tree uh, but basically, he called himself a friend of Mr. Pitt rather than a Tory. A friend of Mr. Pitt? Yeah, because oh he couldn't bring himself to say Tory. Like, we have shy Tories now. <laughs> um, so, but, but also, he was a Tory. Yeah, he was a Tory, but he didn't like that. But moniker. he was an embarrassed Tory. Yeah, like, and he followed the teachings of William Pitt the Younger. So Spencer Percival was opposed to Catholic emancipation. Um, and reform of parliament he supported the war against napoleon and he supported the abolition of the atlantic slave trade so he's anti-slavery yeah. okay so he's he's kind of like the blair of his day <laughs> <laughs> so he was also opposed to hunting gambling and adultery i mean they all say that don't they um, <laughs> it says um on this thing on this source it said he did not drink as much as most mps at the time but that could <laughs> mean anything like i don't yeah. drink as much as my mum that doesn't mean i'm fine and i don't have a problem <laughs> <laughs> and i feel like i should like no offense mom if you're listening but she's not listening she can't she's not going to suddenly i she could suddenly work out podcasts but she's she's just got into memes on whatsapp so i'm <laughs> confident she won't listen to this and i did it mum if you oh. are listening it's a joke <laughs> <laughs> okay spencer percival gave generously to charity he enjoyed spending time with his wait for it 13 children Ooh, good lad that guy liked banging you gotta fill those Whoa. sober hours somehow <laughs> and he's not catholic <laughs> am i right people in lockdown he's not even catholic <laughs> wow he slags the catholics off um, um is that not a lot of children for the time? I mean, that's that's a lot of children, no matter what well, time we're talking, most right? People, most people have 13 kids. It's just most of them died, I yes. think. I think so only that's one or was. two of his died. Yeah, so he was just very privileged and had good water. He was very privileged. He went to Harrow. He went to Cambridge. Oh, wow. Um, like, lovely life. But, like, apparently noble fellow. My source said that Percival faced a number of crises. Crises? Crises during his term in office, including economic depression, the Luddite riots. <gasps> Everyone remember them? I would have been a part of that. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, and the madness of King George III. Oh, right. Um, this is George and Charlotte. He's like reasonably nice. Um, he's dealt really well with all of these issues and troubles. He's solved them. Um, and he was in a quite a strong position. Did he um, solve the Luddite riots by like holding up a telephone? 
Yeah. It can't be jokes, but it's pretty good. Home. Do you guys want a joke that I can't pull off? Sure. Yes. If you have Mad King problems, he feels bad for you, son. He's had 99 <laughs> problems, but George ain't one. <laughs> I mean, it's very good. It's very good. I can only apologise. You're always, you're always <laughs> daring me to rap, and that's why I don't do it. I enjoyed it. New theme tune. Everything was looking great for him in early 1812. He's dealt with all this stuff, which is actually the opposite of the message for that song. But anyway, everything's looking great, and then he gets assassinated. So question, where do you think the assassination takes place? <laughs> Ooh. White I hope hole. it's in the... I'm saying white. So Whitehall, yes. we have Whitehall. Any advance? I hope it was somewhere intimate. Like, I hope he was in the bath. Ooh. Interesting. And the guy was like, I'm Catholic and I'm proud. And I'm <laughs> And I'm the other thing you took care of. <laughs> I think <laughs> as in I'm your like, own filth. As you all know, I'm a bit of a history buff. So um, I think it maybe yeah. happened on the London Eye. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, Hannah, very good. Your face was, like, so good there, and I just want to share that with the people. <laughs> I was a cock, an eyebrow cock. Yes. Very good, it was good. Very much. But the thing is, I, I, I tend to be um, agreeing with Frankie, what Frankie's saying, so, like, genuinely, I think Whitehall as well. I think, um, yeah. yeah, it happened at work. Actually, a bathtub yes. in Whitehall. Correct. Um, it takes place in Parliament, the lobby of the House of Commons, to be precise. He steps out into the lobby and, as you know, shot in the heart. So he is yeah, shot by one John Billingham. Uh, look at your victory and dances. Even, his name is even John. John Billingham Jovi. John Billingham. Um, so, obvious question. Who is John Billingham? What is his motivation? I will. Catholic Luddite. I'm sticking with it. Catholic Luddite. Great yeah. answer. Well, I think he was probably Catholic because that's been discussed quite a bit. And maybe he was an incel and he was into whatever existed before Reddit did. Ooh, I like that answer. I think he was the 14th child. Ooh. The very first child that he had out of wedlock. And then he's grown up and he's gone, I'm going to shoot him. Guys, your answers are so exciting. I love it. Right. (laughs) Politically motivated. You know what? By politics. Uh, it kind of was politically motivated, actually. Was it but an accident? Was he trying was to not... shoot William Pitt? <laughs> <laughs> it was not an accident. Um... I love that. You accidentally shot him directly through the heart. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe luck. he was trying to save someone else. Maybe it was like Larry, the equivalent of Larry the Downing Street cat, but in like the 19th century. And he's just like, no, pussy. And then he just like jumps. <laughs> yeah, that was that true. That would be a dramatic scene. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like Ronan Keating in the video from If Tomorrow Never Comes. And I've yeah. never seen the whole of that video because that's sort of a travesty. <laughs> but it's like basically Ronan Keating was filmed, I think, with his head in front of a green screen. And then they just superimposed his body. And then the whole video, I think, is just him falling slowly in front of a car going, yeah. tomorrow. And it's like, wow. Oh, it's I remember it. It's hilarious. Yours. I've never wanted someone to get hit by a car before. <laughs> John Billingham was a British merchant born in 1769. He was 43 when he shot the Prime Minister. His early life is largely unknown and a lot of post-assassination biographies included speculation as fact. But... We can be sure of some stuff. 
He was born in Hunting Huntingdonshire. That sounds made up, <laughs> but he was born there. Um, and he was brought up in London uh, when he was apprenticed uh, to a jeweller aged 14. Two years later, he went as a midshipman on the maiden voyage of the Hartwell from Gravesend to China. But something went wrong on this trip. It's not strictly to do with the later crime, but I'm just helping you profile him. Uh, so question, what happened that went wrong on this ship? They ran out of oranges and all got scurvy. Great answer. That is the, yeah, that's, that seems like the sort of, maybe, um, I know on submarines people can sometimes get, is it called the bends? They sometimes go a bit mad. So maybe okay. people are like, oh my God, get, go from Gravesend to China back in the olden yeah. timey days. That's going to be yeah. long. Um, yeah. So I think maybe it was, uh, maybe there was some kind of dispute between him and uh, another person on the boat. I think it's maybe a, a physical fight. Okay, okay. Ooh. Yeah, I was thinking, did he get a head injury for some reason? But I'm going to change ah. it to Lockjaw. Lockjaw. Okay, well, um, <laughs> I guess Hannah is the closest. There was a mutiny. Oh, I Ooh. love a mutiny. You love a mutiny. Oh, mate, always. They're I not think... just for the bounty. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the only mutiny I know about, to be fair. Yeah. But like, I wonder if you can like in lockdown within families, can there be a mutiny? Maybe that's something to try. Is what I'm saying to our listeners right now. Well, like once once you've exhausted quizzes, yeah, <laughs> you mutiny the quiz. I'm leaving the Zoom call right now. Again, everyone's coming with me, right? <laughs> you can't just give me half a point for that answer. <laughs> Um, yeah, so there was a mutiny on the 22nd of May, 1787, Ooh. which led to the ship running aground and sinking off the coast of Africa. What? what a shitty mutiny. Um, yeah. Why um, no, no that? Or did he become a ghost? I don't... I, what? Well, no, he survived. So the next... Because this is the thing. His early life is so sparse. The Trace. next thing we know... In 1794, a man named John Bellingham opened a tin factory on London's Oxford Street and it failed and the owner was declared bankrupt. But we don't know if that was him. That was just oh. somebody with his name. But the next thing that we can definitely say was him was that he worked as a clerk in a counting house in the late 1790s. And then the next thing, which is definitely him and which is the first step on the road of murder stepping stones because um, I'm a really good writer um, I think we can all agree Katie that is your um, job just so you know that was, that was really beautiful um, it literally imagery. is your job yeah. so you um, are good at that murder stepping stones I mean it's it a mobile itself. game waiting to happen oh my god <laughs> yeah. I can Which so steps? see that in the, in the app store sometime soon <laughs> in about 1800 he went to Russia and he was an agent for importers and exporters and at first, everything was fine. It was fine, you guys. Um, he returned to England in 1802 and he was a merchant broker in Liverpool. He married Mary Neville in 1803. No biggie. Everything is fine. All right. It's fine. Okay. Um, in the summer of 1804, Bellingham again went to Russia to work as an export representative. Question, <laughs> was everything fine this time around? No. Correct. <laughs> I mean, he did. He did kill a dude that was the prime minister. Like, yeah. So now we get to the series of unfortunate events. Any guesses as to what went wrong on his second Russia trip? And I can tell you after these messages. <laughs> cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. 
Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I don't know what the deal was with Russia back then. Were they trying to influence things? I.e. was he kind of made to do it? Was he, um, you know, was he bribed or blackmailed? Um, or they he found anyone? Out? Yeah. Like going for a kind of homeland kind of... Um, Vibe. Mm. Mm-hmm. What's what's he? What what merchandise are we talking about? What's he working with here? What what? Um, <laughs> I'm just gonna keep saying what. It's like he's a counting cl- like clerk, um, and it's imports and exports. I think he's just some kind of generic money man. I don't know what specifically he was a mer- like the merchant. I don't know what the produce was. Okay. Um, I can tell you a bit more about it in a second. Okay. I just wondered um, if that was related, why he would get angry about something to do. Yeah. Import tax. I will yeah. kill the leader over the... He, yeah. But did he, like, do some fraud or something? Or he got frauded. He was fed vodka and then he frauded That something. is a great guess. You are close with that. Ooh, um, I forgot about the vodka. <laughs> has anyone has everyone had a guess did you have a guess Anna I think it was like the correct answer you're about to call out okay that's what oh, I said <laughs> yeah um so um he gets arrested and imprisoned in Russia that's the short answer the long answer but why <laughs> basically there is a ship it's insured by Lloyd's of London that's important in 1803 this ship gets lost in the White Sea which is actually where I learned to rap. (laughs) 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 Right, so this ship is shipwrecked. The owners of this ship is insured by Loans of London and it's owned by the House of R.V. Brienon because this is like Game of Thrones. They're like the House Targaryen. And they file a claim on their insurance, but there is a spanner in the works. Do you guys want to guess the spanner in the works? So if it's an insurance claim, but... Maybe it, it was done deliberately, I guess, if there's a spanner in the works. Somebody deliberately sunk the ship. That mm. is a good guess. Anyone want any other guesses? Was it not Was it not insured for the route it was on? So it sunk Ooh. in the wrong sea. It shouldn't have sunk in the White Sea. Ooh, was not allowed to go to the White Sea. Yes. Interesting. That's a good guess too, Taylor? I'll, I'm good with both of those. Okay. Um, so... Basically, Lloyds of London received an anonymous letter saying that the ship had been sabotaged. Oh. And Solomon van Brienen of the House Targaryen, I mean House Brienen, but Targaryen sounds way better. He believed that Bellingham was the author of this letter 
Um, and so he retaliated and he retaliated by accusing Bellingham of a debt of 4,890 rubles to a bankruptcy of which he was an assignee, uh, which basically means citation needed, um, basically, but basically it means he was going to try and drag him down with him. Um, so Bellingham, who was about to return from Russia to Britain on the 16th of November, 1804, had his travelling pass withdrawn because of this alleged debt. And then, to make matters worse, House Targaryen guy persuaded the local governing general to imprison Bellingham, um, and he was placed in a Russian jail. Question, how long was he in jail for? Seven years. Great guess. Any advance? So this is, yeah, this is 1804. This happens, and he shoots Thingy. In 1812. Um, the Prime Minister. Yeah, 1812, yeah. So I think... Probably, we're going up to 1811, I think. I reckon he shot him quite soon after he got back. So I'm going to say say seven as well. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go in with seven because I think that's enough time to be homelanded, which is what's happened. (laughs) (laughs) He got, like, tortured into the new regime. Um, These are all wonderful guesses. Now, initially, he was only in jail for one year. Oh, um, and he was released and, and went to St. Petersburg. But what he did next had quite a big bearing on what happened next, really. What's his next move when he gets to St. Petersburg? Does he protest his innocence? Yes, kind of. I will give you that. He attempted to impeach the governor general who had imprisoned him. Oh, wow. Uh, question, how did that go? <laughs> <laughs> I guess badly. Yes, it went very badly. Um, and so... John didn't um, like authority. <laughs> um, this angered the Russian authorities. They charged him with leaving in a clandestine manner. And he was again imprisoned until October 1808, uh, when he was then put out onto the streets, but without permission to leave. So in desperation, he, posi- he petitioned the Tsar. And finally, he was allowed to leave Russia in 1809 arriving in England um, in December. So he's lost five or six years of his life. So you guys weren't far off. Okay. So he's home. Hooray. But obviously this Russian business has taken its toll. So he's home. It's 1809. Question, what does Bellingham do next? Bitcoin. (laughs) (laughs) Just feels like the kind of move he'd make. It's three years till he does a murder. He becomes a Luddite. And he riots. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, he's got to join some kind of, yeah, anti-pit party. Okay. So it's like him, Jennifer Aniston, and <laughs> Jolie, and... Gwyneth Paltrow. They're all in it. Um, yeah, because if you're going to assassinate a prime minister, it's, you know, it's, it, you, there's going to be politics involved. Okay, okay. I'm very wise, guys. I don't know if you knew that. But. He seems to take things more personally than that, though. Like, I don't even think he has to get that deeply involved in something mm-hmm. political. It feels like he's just going to place the blame. So at, for uh, he could just start a business that goes bust. And he's yeah. so annoyed by it that the prime minister becomes a scapegoat because of some... Yeah. It feels like it's going to be a very tenuous link to the prime minister after okay, all this. Okay, yeah. I it like it. To be, I yeah. Bellingham begin, began petitioning the United Kingdom's government for compensation over his imprisonment. 
Uh, oh. So, question. Does the UK government acquiesce to this request? Well, the government always does the right thing. And <laughs> think that, you know, of course, of course they did. And actually, when Bellingham went there to the Houses of Parliament on that fateful day, he didn't realise his pistol was still loaded. And actually, what he wanted to do was, was give... Spencer, a present, and convince him actually hunting is kind of cool. And look, I bought you a gun so you can try shooting a fox. And oh shit, my hand slipped. Yes. <laughs> I think we cracked it already. Sorry, guys. Yeah. I mean, that was brilliant. Yeah, I, 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 I sort of, I sort of agree. I think that, um, yeah. Well, I think it gives him motive, doesn't it? If he, um, if it hasn't happened, so I guess yeah. he's, yeah, he's down, he's down on his luck. Um, yeah. He wanted he wanted thirteen children. And he hasn't got a single child, so he's yeah. annoyed with Spencer. Okay. Um, I've wasted my life on boats, sinking boats, and then another sinking <laughs> yeah. boat in the white man's sea, and now I'm alone. No one will give me any money. <laughs> Um, so yeah, no, the UK government did not help him. The petition was refused, um, partly because the U United Kingdom had broken off diplomatic relations with Russia in November 1808. Um, ah. So Bellingham's wife urged him to drop the matter, and he reluctantly did. So she oh, probably imagine how long suffering Mary was. A Mary or something. We like <laughs> shut up now, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm, this is. This isn't a historical fact. I'm just speculating. <laughs> it's um, more of a tip. <laughs> <laughs> um, so everything was fine for a bit. It was fine. But then in 1812, Bellingham renewed his attempts to win compensation. And I don't know why. There isn't any information about any events pushing him back towards this goal. He starts up again. And again, all his, peti his petitions get rejected. Uh, he tries again. It just keeps happening. Even his wife can't talk him out of it. She offered him a threesome and everything. Um, no deal. So um, on the 18th of April, he finally went to the foreign office to complain some more. And a civil servant there told him he was at liberty to take whatever measures he thought proper. Which is very vague, but I assume means like file a lawsuit. Yeah, that's Twitter, super vague. Like, yeah. Yeah, I don't think it meant go and get a gun or anything. But obviously, old Johnny Bellingham, he goes and gets a uh, two fifty caliber pistols from a gunsmith. Um, and he also, and this is what I think is kind of chilling, he gets a tailor to sew an inside pocket into his coat. Ooh. So that he can sneak these guns and at this time, he was already seen very often in, in the lobby of the House of Commons because he's obviously there a lot petitioning. So now he goes to do the murder. And to be fair, he made a lovely day of it. <laughs> My source says that after taking a friend's family to a painting exhibition on the 11th of May, 1812, Bellingham remarked that he had some business to attend to and he made his way to Parliament where he waited in the lobby. At 5.15pm, Prime Minister Percival was on his way to attend the inquiry into the orders in council. As he entered the lobby of the House of Commons, Bellingham stepped forward, drew his pistol and shot him in the chest. Wow. Yeah. 
Were um, the children painting that at the time? Or? I mean, they're like they're in the exhibition gallery next door. Okay, I oh, don't know fine. quite how he's managed to like how much trauma was attached to this moment. He's, I know his multitasking is, if nothing else, impressive. Um, so Percival fell to the floor after uttering something that was variously heard as murder and oh my god, they were his last words. Um, and by the time a surgeon arrived a few minutes later, his pulse had stopped and Percival was declared dead. Whoa. What, out of interest, what last yeah. words have you got? I always thought my last words, I want them to be, that's showbiz! <laughs> Has anyone else got any other uh, last words they've been planning? Mine are probably going to be, oh fuck, or something. <laughs> I feel like I'd kind of want to, to do something dramatic so that people had something to be occupied in my uh, absence. Yes. Just like... <laughs> Just like, you bitch! And then like, and then I'd die and I'd be surrounded by all these people and people would be like, was it me? Oh yeah. God. And they'd have to check themselves and then lead better lives. <gasps> or you could yeah. be like, it was the clown. Yeah, and then exactly. they'd have to come all the way Ooh. back. Yeah. Exactly, God, yes. I would feel a little bit bad. I'd have to be no, that's really upset with whoever I get married or divorced or something though. Because if I do mention my ex-boyfriend of... 15 months who dumped me for clown school and say I've got kids and like maybe three ex-husbands I would feel quite like yeah, I would okay. really have to hate those husbands you know but at the same time really great gonna look so good on my Wikipedia entry as you know like <laughs> that girl who did esports from the esports in the UK if I ever get one that's how I hope I'm credited you know and I'll get updated yes. when I die no, this is good. This wow. is good. I think always end on an accusation. I think that's a good rule. Yes. Of Rather than so the prime minister ended on oh my god. Yes. <laughs> and and murder. Murder. murder and, oh my like god. Tag it. Like tag it. <laughs> Sorry, Katie. You got any last words, Taylor? Delete my browsing history. <laughs> No, no. That just—if that's your last words, everyone's going to immediately check your browsing history. <laughs> I'm going to do it my hard drive. I'm at her house, like yeah. <laughs> Trust okay. me, it's mostly like bras with no underwire, extra soft bras that still make you not look pointy. Soft bras, like that's all I've been looking at. Oh, mate, if you find the perfect bra, do let me know. I will. It's a lifelong quest. Yes. <laughs> if I can't um, crack it now, though, I never will. So, question, what does Bellingham do after this? Does he run? Does he surrender? A dance. He does a little dance. A little dance mm -hmm. from Taylor? It's and it's called the Bellingham, and we've been doing it for a hundred years. <laughs> <laughs> I think he, um, he does that thing they do in the movies where he blows away the smoke from the pistol. <laughs> and, then he sort of does, and then he does the Bellingham. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I like it. Um, I mean, I, I kind of, I'm, I'm inclined to agree because you said at the beginning that he says some, oh, yeah, he says some kind of, he, it was, it, he had it coming kind of words, yeah, right? Yeah. So I guess he, he does, he blows away the smoke, he does the Bellingham, and then he does the speech. Okay. We can't be wrong. I love, I love it. No, you guys are all basically right. He calmly <coughs> sat down on a bench. Um, and he creepy. was there. Like Forrest Gump. Yeah. He's done murders. The story of his life. <laughs> yeah. It's always new going to Russia. Oh <laughs> Assassination is like a box of chocolates. No wonder <laughs> this murder isn't very famous. We had a prime minister assassinated. No one knows about it because the guy who did it 
like was so boring got himself a little suit and then sat on a bench afterwards and surrendered i know <laughs> that's wow. not jivka yeah <laughs> no sexiness so he was immediately restrained and identified um, weirdly by the MP for Liverpool no that's not that weird that he was identified by the MP for Liverpool because he used to work in Liverpool anyway it should be noted apparently everyone was worried that this shot was the start of an uprising so it was a huge relief to everyone that it was just this madman on a bench with an obsessive grievance acting alone and making no attempt to escape probably the only time we'd be glad to see that guy obviously this goes to trial thank god it's a madman <laughs> yeah <laughs> not a big army <laughs> question how do you think john bellingham pleads he's gonna say something like um he did it but he was told he was allowed to do it and therefore he's gonna claim it wasn't against the law oh interesting okay. yeah because what yeah. he was told before that you do what you think is right mm, um i think yeah. that stupidly he's gonna yeah. wear the suit jacket that has the like gun-shaped pocket in it <laughs> and then they'll be like what's that and they'll be like it's for my wife's tampons and then they'll be <laughs> like they don't look like that and then he'll um <laughs> He'll well, go no, down. None of the men will be able to verify. Yeah, he'll be 12, 12. 12 angry men like, on the jury. Take, take your word for it. Yeah, I, I guess tampons have a trigger. Fine. <laughs> Taylor? I just love the idea that the pocket is actually gun-shaped. Like it's perfect. <laughs> I can only assume. A perfect little caddy. I mean, we have no reason to not think that. I think so. he probably pled not guilty. Ooh interesting because he felt um, justified and you know you're kind of you're all fashion. right because he did feel justified but he did also plead guilty um so oh, was, everybody was, do the belly in him yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was tried at the old bailey and he um he argued that he would have preferred to shoot the british ambassador to russia but insisted that as a wronged man, he was justified in killing the representative of his oppressors. That doesn't um, make you look full... better. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. Seriously. And this comes back to actually something that Frankie said about incels. Like, I genuinely think there's actually quite a lot of overlap. He made a formal statement to the court saying, recollect, gentlemen, what was my situation? Recollect that my family was ruined and myself destroyed merely because it was Mr. Percival's pleasure that justice should not be granted. Sheltering himself behind the imagined security of his station and trampling upon law and right in the belief that no retribution could reach him. I demand only my right and not a favour. I demand what is the birthright and privilege of every Englishman. Oh, this is the kind of guy that, like, he doesn't just send the wine back. He has to, like, give a speech. <laughs> <laughs> about like this is the worst wine no right? everywhere in this city and this is the worst i will not be treated like that like he's just like get over yourself yeah yeah mm. and you know that kind of entitlement and toxic masculinity blah blah are big pre-indicators of murderers anyway he goes on it's not just the wine tailor he's got more he says gentlemen when a minister sets himself above the law, as Mr. Percival did, he does it at his own personal risk. If this were not so, the mere will of the minister would become the law, and what would become of your liberties? I trust that this serious lesson will operate as a warning to all future ministers, and that they will henceforth do the thing that is right. For, the upper ranks, for if the upper ranks of society are permitted to act wrong with impunity, the inferior ramifications will soon become wholly corrupted. 
gentlemen, my life is in your hands. I rely confidently in your justice. Whoa. I'm really excited to listen back to this because I don't understand what Percival even did wrong. <laughs> like, I don't even understand why he like, feels so wrong. Like, because he didn't give him money? Because he got yeah, well, fucked he in didn't another get, country? Like, hmm. He didn't, yeah. No, he's just the head of the state that didn't give this guy compensation for being wrongfully imprisoned in Russia. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, on, honestly, this is what I mean about what Frankie said. <laughs> this speech is not a million miles away from, like, an incel speech right before they shoot up sorority houses. Yeah, it's it feels like, very American, doesn't it? Yeah, it's all that supreme Ooh, gentleman it bullshit. It does. Um, yeah. Wild like, so yeah, like yeah. oh, I'm so moral. I'm gonna Ooh, kill people. New I'm musical, gonna... an incel is born. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. that kind of very right to their arms. <laughs> I quite like the idea of Belling in the musical. I mean, it will be like that Andrew Lloyd Webber one about the um, Promufo affair, which, in other words, it will close within two weeks. But <laughs> I think it will have like one or two catchy numbers and pinstripe suits. Like, yeah. that is the glue that will bind them together. And it they probably also, got some costumes left over, to be honest. Like, they can just borrow them, it's true. That's fine, um, yeah. So I should say, in the interest of fairness, evidence was also presented that Bellingham was insane, but it was discounted by the trial judge, I think partly because Bellingham refused to enter a plea of insanity. Uh, oh, wow. Huh. Question, was Bellingham found guilty? Do you know what? Yes. You think yes? Yeah. 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 Do you know what I think? Because of the way that he keeps saying, I know it's the language of the time, but he keeps saying gentlemen, blah, 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 gentlemen. Mm. And whenever, you know, like if you go to a restaurant with your friends who are girls and the per- you go in and they say, ladies, come in. I'm always like, oh, ladies. So I think <laughs> by being called gentlemen, I think that the, the gentleman of the jury will be like, I like this dude. And he says he's not insane. So I think he's cool. So I think they let him off. You think they were flattered into submission? By literally just being called gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> I love this. Th- I would love to unpack that a lot more, but we need to, <laughs> we need to move on. But so Hannah says not guilty. You guys say guilty. Okay. He was found guilty. No. I mean, he shot the prime minister, Hannah. Come on. <laughs> I know, but like gentlemen, it's kind of snazzy. It's but yeah, cool. he was very oh, charming, I guess. So the judge found him guilty of uh, the verdict was willful murder and he was sentenced to death. Bellingham was hanged in public three days later on the 18th of May. Final question. How did the public feel about Bellingham? Pro or anti? Meh. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. <Yeah. laughs> It depends if they were pro or anti-pit, I suppose, doesn't it? Like, it, it, I suppose it depends where their politics lie. I don't know. At the time, I imagine it was kind of more of a... If somebody assassinated a world leader now, I mean, that's insane. But like back yeah. in the day, maybe it was a bit more Wild West. And I think... Um, right. But people love to see someone hang. So I imagine they'll be like, yeah, hang the fucker kind of thing. Right, mm. right. Yeah, I think... I think people must have been positive about hanging him because of the entertainment factor because there was no Netflix in those days yeah and also because like it sounds like this prime minister was a good prime minister yeah so I would have thought people would be positive in terms of finding the guy guilty and send him yeah. a damn 
Okay, because yeah. they like the Prime Minister. And it's hard okay. to look at that whole thing and go like, oh yeah, that was definitely on him. Like, Yeah. It's, yeah, Percival's not a massive bad guy in this. It does, it's like a mad man killing him. So, René Martin Pillay, a Frenchman who wrote an account of his 10 years in England, described the sentiment of the crowd at the execution, and he said, Farewell, poor man. You owe satisfaction to the offended laws of your country, but God bless you. You have rendered an important service to your country. You have taught ministers that they should do justice and grant audience when it is asked of them. Um, wow. So that, that implies that there was a mix. It was like Taylor's meh. It was a mixed bag where it was kind of like some people saw it as this like kind of truth to power kind of you know you can't just sit in your ivory tower and do whatever like you are accountable but luckily like the happy news of this a subscription was raised for the widow and children of Bellingham and their fortune was ten times greater than they could have ever expected in any other circumstance Um, and she remarried the following year and probably never had to do anal again Unless she wanted to. (laughs) (laughs) Consensual. Cheers, guys. (laughs) Drunk women solving crime. So now we move on to the listener crime section of the podcast. And Frankie has actually brought in a listener crime from her sister. So Frankie, what is the crime? Yes, my sister Charlotte is a young mum and is uh, has had something unfortunate happen. So she had a car, first car after passing her driving test, her pride and joy. And sometimes the car parking spaces on her street get full up because you don't have to pay or have a permit to park there because it's the village, it's the countryside. Oh. So she had to park it around the corner on a different street. <laughs> and it got it got damaged, like one of her windows got broken. Wow. Um, so she had to take it to the garage. And I think this happened a couple of times. And the oh. third, third or fourth time she did it, yeah. uh, her car ended up being wrecked so much she had to get it scrapped and buy a new car wow just for parking around the corner and it has her kid stuff inside a child seat and everything so clearly it's the car of a parent yeah like you're fucking with uh, some poor sleep deprived woman what like what I don't like I can't work out if it's pure vandalism or if it's someone being like this you're parked outside my house how dare you I'll teach you a lesson like and it's like some kind of territorial bullshit oh what like this is my space yeah because like it's interesting that it's not happening three meters like around the corner on her actual street it's almost like they know that she'd see it but like that wouldn't make a difference but like I can't work out if it's vandals or... I mean, it's got to be vandals, but what if it was, like, a crazy neighbour that was like, that's my house? Also, I guess the question... It begs the question, like, does your sister have any enemies? Like, is she the worst? Like, we don't know. I assume she's very nice, because you're lovely, but... Um, Because that's the thing, isn't it? It's like with neighbours or... Because have they been watching her car to know that she's not parked outside her own house? Yeah, I have such an idyllic view of as soon as I hear the word village, I'm like, oh, the Shangri-La, the safe space (laughs) of the United Kingdom. And I'm going to use this story every time my husband and I go like, it's too expensive. We've got to leave London. I'll be like, I've got another story about the village (laughs) vandalism for you. (laughs) This is multiple, multiple counts. It is a lovely village, but they, they're Sainsbury's local. Did someone came along with a flipping like um, a forklift truck or like a digger or something and nicked the ATM? Oh, they literally ah! smashed 
Wow. Smashed into it and carted away the whole cash machine. I love that. They never found who did it. So they stole, they stole a JCB to begin with and then they stole the cash machine. I love when people do that. I feel like they should be allowed to save every cent. Like they've put the work in. Yeah. Come on. That happened where I grew up. I totally love that. That's my favorite crime. That is Um, amazing. Okay, so we're going with enemies, vandals, or... Maybe it's like an evil Greta Thunberg, just to make clear that the real one is not. But maybe she's got like a dark cousin who's so anti-children for the planet that every time they see a car with a car seat, they're just like, boosh. Oh, wow. You think the car seat was... Because I've always thought when I used to have a car, I always thought maybe I'll put a car seat in it just to make people not steal it. Because they'll be like, oh, no, I guess she's a mom, <laughs> actually. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that doesn't seem to have worked there. So, um, yeah. Okay. I'm going to call it. It was vandals. They really wanted to get cash out of the cash machine. They were so annoyed that they couldn't. They took it out on your sister's car. Ford Village Boys. <laughs> hey! <laughs> okay. We have just enough time. Frankie, what are you up to? Is there anything you want to plug? What's happening with you? Well, because all my events around the world got moved online, not much. Um, ah. So if you are interested in video games, then uh, on Twitter, I'm forward slash Frankie Ward, and you can find out about streaming on something called Twitch and all sorts of oh, things yeah. over there. Thank you so much for joining us. You've yeah, been thank Frankie you. Ward. Thank you very much. Drunk Women Solving Crime is produced by Amanda Redman. Music by The Lion and the Wolf. If you would like to, you can follow us on Drunk Women Pod on Twitter. On Facebook and Insta, we are Drunk Women Solving Crime. And please review us on Apple Podcasts. And also, if you have a crime that you would like us to solve, write it on a review on Apple Podcasts as well. Thank you to ACAS and thank you for listening. Bye! 